Helpful people want to help helpful people. They don't want to help selfish people. So I know it feels like I need this stuff. Go the opposite direction. Do it less for a little while. Be that person that other people want to be around. And I'm telling you, if you go from there and you start with character and you go on down the road, it's going to work out for you. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your Daily Helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and I am so excited to welcome back to the show a friend and amazing guest. His name is Vince Puglisi. And I love that when guests send me their bios, a lot of times they say, oh, I've been here and I'm this important person. He wanted me to share with you that most importantly, he's a husband to his wife, Elizabeth, a father to their three sons, Andrew, Nolan, and Dylan. And that's what matters to him. He's a family man. He lives in Bradenton, Florida, and is the author of the new best-selling book, a wealth of connections, as well as freelance to freedom. He's also a keynote speaker. You've probably heard him on a million podcasts and is the owner of the Total Life Freedom Mastermind Community, which helps entrepreneurs and small business owners build a life of time, money, and location freedom. He's also the host of his own podcast, the Total Life Freedom Podcast. Vincent Puglisi, welcome back to The Daily Helping. It is always great to see you, my friend. Dr. Richard, this is, a, this is a pleasure. One correction, though. All right, correction. what's that? What's that? You said best-selling author. If you look at my book, it says non-best-selling author. I'm the only one in the world that's a non... Because I was so tired of the whole world of this whole best-selling stuff that you, it could be so manipulated. I said, I'm going to be the only one that puts on their cover non-best-selling author. So I confuse people with that. Because like, is that is that wrong? Is it, should that be like non-fiction best-selling? No, no, it's a non-best-selling author. So that's my title and I'm sticking to it. I love that. All right. Well, I stand corrected and I appreciate that. So for those of you who are just meeting Vince for the first time, if you want to go back way back to episode 86, that was, a, that was so long ago, but we had a really cool chat about his journey from being a photojournalist. He was at you know events like, if I recall, the Stanley Cup Finals. I, I, I recall uh, a story he told us where he was fearful that a professional wrestler was going to kill yeah. him. That yeah. was pretty cool. Uh, but most importantly, he really kind of gave us his roadmap to freedom. And he's living that right now. So what we're going to talk about today, though, is his non-bestselling book, a wealth of connections. And so, Vince, man, it's been a while since we've been together, but talk to us about why this book. Why did, why did you want to write this book? Yeah, it was, it's interesting because, and after you write a book, and a lot of authors feel this, you go, I'll never do it again, right? I don't want to equate it to childbirth because I've never felt it, right? So I don't want to even go in that world. But, you know, my wife, after every kid, was like, never again. 
never again. And then two years later, you start holding babies and you go, ah, maybe, maybe I'll, maybe we'll do that again. Maybe because you forget the pain and you forget that it goes through it. I kind of went through a very similar experience after I wrote Freelance to Freedom. Never. I'm not writing another book. I did it. I did what I wanted to do. I got the message out. But I kept writing and I kept writing down ideas. That's why I started a podcast as a daily podcast, because in my mind, so many ideas flow in and out and it would get frustrating because I had no place to put it. So for a daily short form show, it's a great place to kind of park your ideas, get it out there to people. And then from in there, I started just seeing, you know, you, you field a lot of questions. You get a lot of people struggling with starting a business. That's where I'm at. Right. And a lot of people are like, how do I build that life of freedom? And the answer is a lot of times people didn't always want to hear. They didn't always do. And I started noticing this same pattern of this person, you know, a typical person, I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to create a product, start a business. And they do this big launch and they just push it out there and they annoy the crap out of everybody in their lives to get this thing out there and nothing happens. Or they get like four reviews on Amazon, their mom buys it and then it's over in a month and they go, it doesn't work. Entrepreneurship is too hard. And, and what I started realizing was people do it backwards. And that's where the premise of this book came from. They create this thing. They, they feel like I've got this need. I've got this want. I've got this goal to get out there and start this thing. And I'm going to push it out there. And I'm going to hire an ad agency if I have the money. And if I don't, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just bug people on social. And what I realized is they put it out there and there was no success so often. And then they go, well, I need to collaborate with people. So I'm going to reach out to Dr. Richard. And I'm going to see if I can get on his podcast. And Dr. Richard goes, I don't even know who you are. I've never heard from you before. And, and I'm trying, and these people are trying to get on shows and, and media. Well, then people go, well, you need to connect with these people. Well, then they try to connect with them, but they don't do it in a very helpful way. They do it in a way where it's like, how do I get what I want? And that's what I realized from this whole thing, these selfish goals that we have. And then they realize, well, that's not working. And they, have, they don't have curiosity. They don't have often character. They put their own goals over everybody else's goals. So I started writing backwards. I started being like, well, instead of creating a product and selling it, what are the reasons why people aren't successful? What are the reasons why people are successful? And I started realizing there were these five points. There was your character. You know, the, the reason why we connect so well, I believe, is I've known you over these years and I've seen your character with your audience with your friendships, with your relationships, when you have generous goals, meaning how is what I'm doing helping other people? It's eventually going to get you everything that you want. But it's the zigzagger line. You can have anything in life you want if you just help enough of the people get what they want. Enough people don't listen to that because it's true. But the ones that fail so often, this is my goal. I want to buy this house. I want to have this many downloads. Nobody cares about your selfish goals. Nobody, very few people do. They care. If you have generous goals over them, meaning you're going to put something out in the world that helps people, you will eventually get what you want. So I broke it down. There was curiosity. There's, there's, uh, uh, sorry, there's curiosity. There is character. There is connection. When you have curiosity, character, and connection, when you build those things together, collaboration gets really fun. You get to be on each other's podcasts. You get to be in the media. You don't have to push all these things. And then when you have those four things, when you go to create something, whatever it is, podcast, blog, you know, book, whatever it is, your likelihood of success is so much higher because you have all these people in your corner that trust you and they believe in you as opposed to, hey, let me put something out and try to make it to work. So that was the idea of it. And that's the premise of the book. So we got a lot of C's here. 
curiosity, yes. character, connection, collaboration, create. And I love, I love the way that flows. So I want to start with curiosity mm-hmm. because that's interesting. And a lot of people in entrepreneurship don't talk about that. No. Talk to us about it. And why does curiosity matter? I personally have always been very curious. Didn't always have character, right? If I can look back, the morals weren't always there in my youth, right? So that's character. So I struggled with that part of it. Curiosity, I didn't though. I got made fun of for my curiosity because I was always questioning everything, including school. Why do we have to do it this way? Well, stop doing that. Well, it, my life changed when I was 15 years old. And I don't know if you know the story. It's in the book where I, I was a New York Mets fan. So I'm not sure if you're a Braves fan. I know you're in Atlanta. I, I, yeah, we're ending this show right now. <laughs> <laughs> First place right now. Yeah. Um, but so I'm a Mets fan. And in 1986, I'm dating myself, but the Mets were the best team in baseball. They went on to win the World Series, one of the most exciting World Series of all time. I watched every game of that season or I listened to it on the radio. It's 14 years old. Well, I wanted to go the, to the parade in New York City. And my mom wouldn't let me. She said, you're not going to New York City with a million crazy people by yourself. Like, it's so unreasonable. To me, it sounded normal. I wanted to go. Wouldn't let me go. But six months later is opening day. It's the last chance to have anything to do with that team. And they're getting the World Series rings. They're raising the World Series banner that day. And I'm like, I have to go. So I'm pestering my parents to go to this game. They wouldn't let me go. Finally, you know, enough questions asking. They said, well, if you can get one of your friends to go with you, because it was a day game, I'd have to leave school. If you can get one of your friends to go with you, then you can go. So I convinced my friend Scott to go with me. So the day of the game, I wake up, my parents leave for work. I got the house all to myself. And it's the first time it's like this. And I go to Scott's house to to get him to go to the game. And he says that his mother changed her mind. He's not allowed to go now. And I'm like, what do I do? So I walk to my front lawn. I've, I've heard the phrase, it's better to ask forgiveness than permission before. But I never actually had a chance to use it. So I can either walk to school. I can stay home or I can go to the game. So I said, I'm going to go to the game. We'll figure it out later. So I walked to the bus stop, take the bus to a second bus in Queens, in New York. And I get on this bus and it's just me and the bus driver and this big Italian guy, scary looking dude. And I walk on the bus and I'm like, he's telling loud stories. I go to the back of the bus. I'm like, I'm avoiding this guy. Within a few minutes, he goes, hey, kid, shouldn't you be in school? He like yells at me. I'm like, um, I'm going to the Mets game. And he's like, by yourself, you're going. And I'm like, yeah, I, 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 do you even have a ticket? I'm like, no, he goes, you're going to, you're going to go by yourself. He goes, this kid, kid, this game's been sold out for months. It's the hottest ticket in town. Then he goes, how much money you got? I said, I got, I got $30. I'm getting nervous now. I got $30. And he, and he laughs at me, takes a cigar, like waves me off, starts talking to the bus driver, pointing to me, obviously, you know, saying how crazy I am that it's not going to happen. So I try to avoid this guy. I go to get off the bus and he stops me and he says, hey, kid. I said, yeah. I turn around. He goes, come here. He points at me like this. He goes, okay. When you get to Shea Stadium, you go to gate B. He goes, you ask for veto. You tell him that Funzie from the waterfront sent you. He says, you got it? I'm like, got it. So he's like, okay, now go. So I leave the bus and I get on the subway, which is the last thing that I have to get to the stadium. And I'm like, there's no way I'm doing this. There's no way I'm going to go get a ticket. But I kept saying their names over and over again. So I get to the stadium. It is packed. Nobody's selling a ticket. Nobody. I mean, if they are, it's way more than 30 bucks. So I'm like, I got to go to gate B. I got to get, otherwise I got to go home. So I go to gate B. There's an old guy there. I said, is, uh, is Vito here? And he goes, who's asking? He yells at me. 
I said, he said, who's asking? I said, Fonzie from the waterfront sent me. And I looked down at his hands because I'm so nervous. And he opens the gate. He says, come on in. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, I'm in. And he goes, wait right here. Now I think I'm in trouble for a second. But I'm like, why would he let me in if I'm in trouble? He would just kick me out. So he goes, wait right here. Like three minutes later, this nice lady comes down from the, from the ramp. And she goes, hi, sweetie, come with me. So I'm in the stadium now. I'm walking in up the ramp. She goes, are you hungry? I said, sure. She gets me a hot dog, soda, Cracker Jacks. She goes, you want a program? I'm like, sure. She goes and gets me a program. We go walking towards the stadium, towards the field, and I can see the grass in the concourse. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. This is really happening. We go down the steps. The front row pulls out a seat. She goes, have a great time. And within a half an hour, the Mets raise their World Series banner. They get their rings. I'm so close. I could see the diamonds from their rings. First inning, my favorite player, Daryl Strawberry, has a three-run homer. Greatest day of my life. The Mets beat the Pirates three to two. And I go home, and I'm looking for him on the train and on the bus. He's not there. I want to say thank you. I get home. I go running to my house. I tell my parents this whole story. They're sitting there with their mouths open. My dad's like, what, what are these guys' names? I'm like, Vito and Funzie from the, from the waterfront. Like, it's the new Disney World. I realize then I got to tell Scott what happened. I run over to Scott's house. I show him the program. He screams at his mother. I go running back home. Coming to my house, I hear my parents whispering. And it was then that I figure out what happened. My dad says he's got no idea that the mafia got him into that game. And from that moment on, school was so uninteresting to me. I didn't want, like, there was all this whole world out there that I knew nothing about. People work for the Mets, people on buses on Tuesday afternoons that don't have jobs. Like, what is going on? How did the mafia? So what I learned, and it was 10 years later that I really figured it out, was Funzie got me everything that I wanted. And all he did was ask three questions. He didn't ask for anything from me. He didn't ask me to do anything for him. He didn't ask for money. He asked questions, got answers, and then figured out how to connect me to somebody that would get me what I wanted. And I wish I would have figured that, that out earlier because that's what I realized. He taught me more about entrepreneurship and more about networking and more about success in 10 minutes than I learned in high school and all of college. So that's where the, that's the story behind the curiosity. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you. And I can't wait to see where you'll go. Well, fortunately, you had character or you and didn't join the mafia. <laughs> you could have gone that way. But what a really cool story. And uh, it, it's, it's fascinating because... It could have gone differently, right? Like, had you just had you just gone and you know run away from this dude or whatever? Like, there's no universe you're getting to that stadium under any set of circumstances. No, there's no universe. And so, I I think this is such a neat story because again, it goes back to what what Zig said, right? You know, he's you know the, the mafia dude Fonzie. I love the names, right? They're so classic, yeah. like you know Pacino's kind of mafia stuff. Fonzie. Uh, made all this happen. 
and obviously, you know, you weren't, you didn't owe him a favor, right? Like he no. just, he just did it. He just did it. He just did it. I think that's so, it's, it's an awesome story. But, but- the really cool part that even gets forgotten, and I even forget it sometimes, is that was 1987. This is now 2022. So if my math's correct, that was 35 years ago, right? We do all these things for success, and they're forgotten in no time. This guy, in 10 minutes, did nothing for himself, asked three questions, made a connection. I'm still talking about him 35 years later. Mm. That's a legacy. That's what I want. I want to do things. And this is not, this was not me 10 years ago. This was not me 20 years ago. This is me learning and hopefully bringing this wisdom to other people that you can accomplish all the selfish goals you want. You can get the houses and the cars and whatever it is. And you can find often that it's very empty because you did it for yourself, but you didn't do it in a way that was collaborative and generous. This guy in one fell swoop did that. I'm going to tell this story forever because there's a saying that says you don't die until somebody stops saying your name. And it's these people in my life that do that, it is my obligation to keep saying their name because it keeps that story alive and it keeps them alive. 35 years later, we're still talking about him. And he, the coolest part is that he has no idea. He, unless he's listening to this, if he's still alive, he might've passed away 20 years ago. We're still talking about him because of his generosity. Lonzi, if you're out there, reach out to Vince. I'm <laughs> sure he'd love to know what you're up to today. <laughs> love that. Yeah. <laughs> He might be in a federal penitentiary, but who knows? All right. So curiosity, that was so good. Character. Now, it's interesting you said you didn't have the character when you were young. You developed that. So that surprises me coming from you. So tell us about that. Oh, I was terrible. Oh, my goodness. It's like, you know, it's funny because, like, I do these podcasts and my high school friends, if they find me, you know, after all these years, they listen like, who? What a load of crap. I remember when he stole. I remember when he was, you know, he lied. He was unethical, getting fired from jobs, getting arrested. Oh, the character was not high on my list, not high on my priority list. It was basically get what I need to get the way I need to get it. And you learn charisma from that. You learn how to charm people. And what I wrote in the book was charisma is not character. A lot of times we get fooled. We think charisma is, so we meet people that are very charismatic. We see them online. They've got everything down and they, they really charm us. And, you know, there's a story about Ken Lay that was written in Adam Grant's um, Give and Take. And I, and I talked about it a little bit in my book where Ken Lay ran Enron, had a lot of character, schmoozed with everybody, connected with everybody, but he did it all for his own selfish reasons. He didn't do it to help anybody else and everything collapsed because of it. So we often meet people that come into our lives. They're a shooting star, very charismatic, very engaging, but there's no character behind it. And eventually that gets found out. It's when you have the character and the curiosity and the connection, that's when you set everything up for future success. So character is the huge, it, it's, it's a, such a huge part of it because I know, and I have so many examples, myself and others, where you can have everything else in place. You can be curious, you can be connected, you can be collaborative. But when your character is poor, when your integrity is poor, it will all fall apart sooner than later. And there are these, you know, and you're right, it's a house of it's a house of cards without this foundational piece of character. But the other, the other pieces, kind of on the scale, the curiosity, the connection, is this on a continuum? Like, can you can you slide back and forth, up and down? This, oh, yes. This, yeah. yeah. You're always working. And even the creation part, like I put creation at the end for a reason because I want you to be patient. Right. I want you to realize, build your foundation first, but you should be creating the whole time. If you're a creator, create, but just don't expect 
this massive success from it. You've got to start small. You've got to start when nobody's looking. You need to grow and get better, but you're always developing your character. You're always developing your curiosity. You're always looking to connect, even when things are going really well. A lot of people go, I'm good at that. Are you good at it consistently? Are you always reaching out to people when you don't need anything? Like when they don't, like, are you looking to help even when you don't need very much? It's often, you know, I'm sure you get it. I get it. You know, hey, I haven't talked to you in three years. I'm releasing a new book. Can I be on your show? I don't ever want to do that. I want to be in contact with my friends and connect them and always connect them together. And then naturally like this, hey, let me have you on the show. It always grows. But if you wait to be curious, if you wait to connect, if you wait to collaborate, you're going to be seen as somebody that's opportunistic as Mm -hmm. opposed to somebody that's collaborative. I think that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, we all know those people in our lives who just pop up because they need something and you really don't hear from them. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not reciprocal and it shouldn't be like, Hey, I'm going to do something for you. So you should do something no, for me. Like that's not altruism be. at all, but you know, the really good relationships, it's just they, this natural ebb and flow, right? Where, Hey, you know, I can help you if you need me cause I'm here for you and it's, it's vice versa. Um, so I like that you said, you know, you're always creating collaborations when I want to really spend a few moments and, yeah, and dive deep it. because that has become cliche, right? Mm. We're going to do a, a collaboration. We're going to do a joint venture, right? But so many times that's how in, in my world, I, what I tell people is if what I've built and what you've built together are like chocolate and peanut butter, right? Like we've got great stuff by ourselves, but together, if they make a Reese's peanut butter cup, then it makes sense. Like we can help more people because it's synergistic. Otherwise, I don't want to do it. Um, But, you know, so many people are like, let's collaborate. Talk to us based on your, you know, years of experience and particularly with how you channel this into the book. Talk to us about how to do collaboration the right way. Yeah, it's it's a great question because I think, like like um, character collaboration could be done very poorly, right? You could you believe you're doing you believe you're having character, but what you're really doing is is you, you have selfish goals, right? Collaboration is the same. It's the reason why I put it fourth out of five on that list. The reason why I put creation last because you can you can go to collaborate with anybody. You can have you know a VC situation where you're trying to get in. I have those all the time. Hey, I've got this thing. Have me on your show. We'll promote my stuff. I don't know who you are. I know you a little bit. I know you from other people. I don't trust you yet. I think there's no harm in saying that. There's no harm in saying not yet. Because what you're doing is often you're going to collaborate with somebody that you don't know their character. You don't know their curiosity. You don't have a great connection. You're doing it just for the collaboration reason, meaning you're just doing it for the money. Mm -hmm. And that's when you see those things often fall apart a lot quicker. But if you take your time with it, if if you see their character, if you see the curiosity, if you see the connection, collaboration is so much easier. It's so much more natural and it's going to last much longer. I've had bad collaborations because we went right into it because we saw the numbers and it went well for a little while. But when you realize, well, I'm going to do it for my own reasons. I'm not going to help in this way. You start seeing the character come out. I've been that person as well. I'm not calling others out. I, this book is really funny because the first two sections, there's a lot of my stories in there. The last three, it's not my stories. The first two are my mistakes in these world, in these worlds. The last three are the people that I've learned from 
that have shown me the right way to do it. it. This is not a me being the hero story. This is me being kind of the idiot story and then learning from other people. And I learned this a lot from collaboration. I think you're right. It is kind of a hot topic, hot phrase. But if you do it right, if you do it with people that are aligned with you like this, those when you when you do collaboration right, it is like fertilizer that just grows everything that you want to grow. And it's amazing. I love that. For me, I actually have a filter. I have this system that I bring people through. And, and oh, yeah? the, the very first question that I ask somebody who I may collaborate with is, do they care more about helping people than do they care about money? So mm. you and I are, are very much on the same page with this because it's there's so many people out there who are just looking for the fast buck. You don't know if if maybe they're Fonzie from the waterfront, right? The digital waterfront. You don't know. know. And if you get hooked up with the wrong people, that could be very, very damaging for you. Oh, it can, it can, my, yeah. my, I had it with, with my life. And I don't know if I told the story last time, but when I was 16 years old, my dad had his own business, but he had a partner. He had a partner in the business and everything was going great. And then literally one day I woke up and my dad was just panicked and I had no idea what happened. Well, his partner, his collaborator, decided to go to the bank accounts and empty all the bank accounts out and move to a different state overnight. Literally, his thriving business that supported our entire family when I was a junior in high school, money was gone in one evening. Woke up the next day broke. Woke up the next day with jobs, construction jobs, being neglected because there was no money to hire anybody for him. Hazmat on site, being called by the police, being called by all these different, you know, agencies about get rid of, getting rid of this hazardous waste, didn't have money. To, I mean, we almost lost our home, everything for a year and a half. It destroyed our entire life because of a partnership that lacked character and went into it maybe for the wrong reasons, maybe for the right reasons. But anytime you have a partnership, you're not just marrying that person in business. You're marrying their wife, mm-hmm. their spouse, you know, their family. You got to be real careful with deeper collaborations. Now, we're collaborating right now, Right. You've got to trust me to be on here, but it's not as deep as a business collaboration. So I'm, if I'm weakest in any area of these five right now, and I'm weak in all of them in some ways, collaboration in business is my weakest because I still have those memories of that. So I'm still kind of a lone wolf. Like I can figure it out myself. That has slowed down our growth for sure. But when you have pain like that, I almost drowned when I was seven years old. I still am nervous about swimming because of that history. We all have those. And that makes collaboration harder because I saw, I saw, our whole family almost get wiped out by it. So you bring up a very interesting point, right? We all have these pain points, you know, the the drowning almost when you were seven, uh, that impacts you today. These experiences travel with us forever, right? And, you know, I'm not, we don't have time to jump into trauma and how to fix all that, but the, the question is, you know, and you've identified, and I've always appreciated your humility. There are, there are growth areas, right? For you, for all of these things, there's growth areas for all of us. So what are some of the ways, does the book address ways we can kind of bone up and improve these areas that we oh, might yeah. have weaknesses oh, yeah. in? Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, within the Wealth of Connection, I constantly want to, I want to tell stories. I want to make you laugh. I want to make you cry a little bit. I want to make you think. But, you know, for me, you know, each one has areas to uh, how we can improve, improve takeaways. You know, with the connection part of it, the biggest part for me was, Going from, hey, what am I getting? What am I figuring out? How do I wake up in the morning achieving my goals, right? Because I wanted, I see all these journals. You've seen them all, right? And every, if, you, if you pay attention to every one of these journals, it's what do you want? What do you want to get? How are you going to get it? Very, it it's become very self-involved, very 
me, 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 me. These are my goals. So I want to do something completely different because I started doing this by accident when I was kind of lonely. And I started just reaching out to people for no reason. I started connecting people because I wanted to. And I started calling it the hour of giving. And that's what I do. I do that every day. And I spend at least one hour, at least one hour. And it has nothing to do with what I want. It has to do with, hey, I haven't heard from Dr. Richard. You know, I need to, I want to reach out and say hello to him. See how he's doing. You know, check on his health. See on this stuff. Hey, there's somebody that needs to be a guest on this person's podcast. I met them and I met this podcast. We got the same message. It would, it would collaborate well. They don't know each other and they won't know each other without me. So it's my job to bring them together. If I listen to a podcast, in that time, I leave a review. If I read a, if I read a book, in that time, I leave a review because I know how valuable that is. So when you spend one hour doing that, you can do more. And I've done way more. Dr. Richard, that, that has been the prime topic and prime marketing message that I've done to grow every step of our business. Because within all those messages come, come connection and then collaboration. I'll give you one example. We used to work for Giant Eagle. We did photography for this big supermarket. And they, they, they paid really well for different you know, events that we did. Well, Jennifer was one of the person that hired us and she left to go work at a university. So now our main contact is gone, right? So it would be very easy to say, I'm not going to keep in touch with Jennifer. She can't do anything for me anymore. But no, I, I like to keep in touch. So I reached out to her about three months later. I said, hey, how's the new job going? There's nothing that she could do for me. I want to see how she's doing. She goes, it's great that you messaged me because I hate it. I hate my new job. I'm quitting and I'm starting a new business and I need you to do the photography for me. Can I hire you the next week? And it was, that was a lucrative job that just came like that. That happened time and time again, reaching out to people, no expectation. Hey, do you want to be on my show? Hey, do you want to speak at my conference? And I was like, wait a second, look at this. I'm not having any expectation. I'm just keeping in touch. I'm just sharing and helping just like Funzie did. He did it in 15 minutes. I tried to do it in an hour. But the funny thing about Funzie is from the moment that I met him to the moment that they raised that banner was an hour. So it really just like, that's the hour that, that, you know, so I do that every single day. And that is the greatest marketing thing that I've ever done. It's the greatest relational thing I've ever done. And that leads to so many collaborations and then eventually the creation and the success. I love it. Vince, you are such an adept storyteller and I knew we were going to have some good ones today. And you did not disappoint. As you know, as time has flown by, I, I wrap up my show by asking the guest a single question. And that is, what is your biggest helping, the one most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after hearing our conversation today? Oh, that's hard. There's so many, right? And I love that question. But I, I really think it is, I really think it is setting those generous goals and those selfish goals. I think if you can start with that as foundational, if you're struggling. It, it really gets you out of your own head of what you need, gets you out of the desperation mode. Because generally when you're struggling, you're desperate, you'll do things probably not the way you'd want to do it if you weren't desperate. But if you really think, how do I flip the switch, stop worrying about what, I've, what I need and go in this direction in terms of being helpful? Because people want helpful people want to help helpful people. They don't want to help selfish people. So I know it feels like I need this stuff. Go the opposite direction. Do it less for a little while. Be that person that other people want to be around. And I'm telling you, if you go from there and you start with character and you go on down the road, it's going to work out for you. Beautifully said. Vince, tell us where people can find you online and get their hands on your book. Yeah, it's called The Wealth of Connection. You can go to our website at totallifefreedom.com. It's on amazon.com. Um, if you And feel free to email me too. I love to connect with new people, you know, Dr. Richard's listeners. If anybody wants to send me an email, Vincent at totallifefreedom.com. Be happy to 
connect with you. And uh, I just really appreciate this. Absolutely. And I really appreciated our conversation. I, I don't have a lot of repeat guests, but I really loved the stories and our time together. And, I, and I'm grateful for you. Thank you for coming on. You're awesome, man. Thank you. You bet. And the show wouldn't exist without everybody listening to it. So thank each and every one of you who took time out of your day to listen to our conversation. And this is going to tie back into what Vince was talking about, that hour of giving. But go out there too and do something nice for somebody else, even if you don't know who they are, and post in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others. 